Hello and welcome to PW Kids Cast, the children's book podcast from Publishers Weekly. In each episode, we speak with authors and illustrators creating books for children and teens. I'm John Sellers, the children's reviews editor at Publishers Weekly. Today I'm speaking with writer Rob Bouillet, who made his children's book debut back in 2010 with the middle grade novel Because of Mr. Terrupt, which was followed by two companion novels, Mr. Terrupt Falls Again and Saving Mr. Terrupt. Those books followed a group of students through three years of middle school, and in his latest book, Bouillet takes readers to a new school to follow the struggles and successes of a different group of children. His novel, The Perfect Score, arrives in October from Delacorte Press, an imprint of Penguin Random House, which is sponsoring this podcast. In The Perfect Score, Bouillet introduces readers to five sixth-grade students at Lakeview Middle School, Gavin, Randy, Scott, Trevor, and Natalie. Each student has his or her own talents and struggles, and as the school year progresses, their friendships and family relationships are put to the test. And the kids are tested in other ways, too. Statewide assessment exams are looming, and the preparations for them are stealing time away from classroom pursuits that the students and their teachers are more interested in. Thanks for speaking with me, Rob. Excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So, you know, I briefly mentioned uh, the kids who kind of jointly serve as narrators in this book, but I thought maybe we could start by just having you talk a little bit about more about them and maybe how they reflect the range of perspectives that you wanted to include in the book. Um, well, I guess the easiest way for me maybe to to answer this is to talk about how, how I go about um, creating characters. Um, for me, the characters are bits and pieces of many different people from my life. So I, I spend a number of years working as a classroom teacher, both, uh, well, first at, at the elementary level, I was teaching fourth grade and then third grade. And then I actually jumped to teaching high school biology at a independent boarding school. And, and even during, during that stretch, I was teaching uh, middle school kids, sixth, seventh, eighth graders um, during our summer session time. So I've spent a lot of time with a lot of different kids at, at different ages, different levels. And uh, it was actually my students, my fourth grade students, who first inspired me and got me into, into writing. And so these characters are bits and pieces of many of these former students. And they're also bits and pieces of, of me and bits and pieces of different, different friends or family members, even, I guess, um, less intimate people in my life, maybe that, that, uh, somehow sneak their way into there. And then, and then, of course, imagination. And I kind of glue, glue all of those things together. And that's how I'm able to start coming up with these, with these characters. And I, I have a character and I have a, a story idea. I have scenes in mind for these kids. I definitely don't have it all figured out. I don't have all of the story or everything about the characters figured out when I get going. Um, but as I write, I continue to figure out more. I learn more about the characters and the story and, and, um, through a lot of time and patience and, revising and rewriting and and um just a, a lot of sticking with it um eventually i'm able to to figure these things out so i guess in general that's what i could say about um about how the characters come to be and you know the mr tariff books also rotated among the perspectives of several students what do you think has drawn you to that particular um method of storytelling and narration well um that's actually how the first Mr. Terp idea came to me. It came to me with these seven kids telling me about the the first day of school. I had the a new girl. I had the boy who was all about goofing off. The the smart kid. The 
the mean girl, the shy one, um, they all just came to me telling me about that, that first day of school and I was excited about it and got started writing it that way. And, and then as I got going, it was just a, it was a lot of fun to pretend to be these different kids and, and to see the different things I could do with their voices and with the different perspectives. And, um, of course I, I was fortunate to have a writing group at the time and they gave me a lot of encouragement. They were excited about it. And, through all of that, I, I, I kept going. Um, and um, I guess maybe I discovered I sort of have a knack for telling a story that way. I, I have a lot of fun with it. Uh, just to have all these different layers. I, I really loved, um, as a teacher, when reading aloud, my students wanted to stop so we could talk about the different things going on in the book. And my three Mr. Tariff books and The Perfect Score, all of them I know are full of things that you can have conversations about. The kids can stop and talk about with their parents, with their teachers, with each other. There's just a lot going on. And so I think that's something that, that you know, makes me want to write a book um, in that way. And then, of course, I'd be remiss if I didn't say that part of me as a reader goes into this answer as well. Um, I once heard the author Richard Peck give a presentation and, and he said many tremendous, very smart things, uh, one of which was there's never been a writer born who wasn't a reader first. And his point there, of course, is that nobody but a reader becomes a writer. And that's so true for, for any young listeners right now. That's definitely advice for you in terms of writing is to be a reader. And I bring this up because um, I, I read the book Bat Six uh, many years before I even was struck by the idea for Mr. Tariff. But Bat Six is another book written by Vir Virginia Woolf, the author, and, and she tells the story with multiple characters going back and forth telling you about this um, post-World War II story with two all-girl um, softball teams in sixth grade. And, and I, I bring it up because had I never had that reading experience, I'm not sure I ever would have thought to go about telling a story the way that I did with these cast of characters and multiple perspectives. So I think that was something that, that was important in me ultimately coming up with this, this um, method of storytelling too. And, you know, one of the layers that is in this book, and I think maybe even with your previous ones, is that you are also seeding the story with uh, plenty of references to, to real-life books that, you know, kids who find this book can uh, can seek out those as well if they haven't found them already. Uh, it's something I like to do. Sir, I mean, it's you, bits and pieces of me and the characters again. I love reading. I love talking about books, whether it's with other kids, with adults, my own children. We're, we're always talking about the things we're reading, and so... It's fun for me to to um, slip those other titles into the story and to, and to not just slip them in, but to connect them and weave things in there. Um, so they're they're important and they're definitely books I've read and loved. Yeah, and the kids are even you know reflecting on and, and thinking about them even in the context of your book. But again, with the uh, you know with, with with the multiple narrators, uh, one thing that kind of struck me is that it it feels like a real way to build empathy for these characters and understand what motivates them to act in certain ways. Is that another part of the appeal of writing this way? Sort of getting a sense of both the external and internal selves of these kids, and also uh, with their teachers to some extent. Well, I I mean it's something I love about my stories and what I'm doing for sure. I. I, um, you know, you, to go back to Richard Peck, here's something else he said that I always think about when I'm, when I'm busy, um, writing a novel is that 
Um, he had said what we write, it's about our characters taking steps towards change. So there's somebody different in the end than they were in the beginning. And that really stuck with me. And I think about that. How are the characters going to grow and change? How are they going to be different on the last page than they were on the first? And um, so I think about that and I think about how to sort of oh, reveal some of the things going on with, with the characters. And I think that's where um, maybe you you are coming up with um, empathy and, and feeling that way because your attitudes and feelings towards some of these characters can definitely change as they grow and change and as you learn more about them. I think that that's important in the books for for young people, for kids to, to have a takeaway that um, we shouldn't be so quick to judge each other when we definitely don't know everything that, that's going on. You really need to get to know the person and and everything that's going on. I always smile when I get the fan mail that says um, things things of that sort that kids um, now realize they need to stop and and um, not be so quick to, to form opinions and judge and to maybe wonder a bit more about that classmate and what's going on to explain some of the behaviors perhaps. So I, I do have fun with that. And, you know, we should talk a little bit about the, the, the teachers who feature prominently, uh, Mrs. Woods and Mrs. Magenta. You know, as a former teacher, do you have a, a particular affinity for either or both of them? Well, um, I mean, I certainly love them. I had a ton of fun with them as the characters. I, I mean, the first teacher character, of course, was Mr. Terrapt. And so um, he's definitely bits and pieces of me and then plenty of imagination. But um, those books are are full of lots of different projects and those were things I used to love to do as a teacher and so there's I guess there's definitely a strong connection with with that guy um, and so with Mrs. Woods and Mrs. Magenta I, I guess the challenge was I had to come up with teacher characters that weren't necessarily Mr. Tariff all over again um, but they definitely are still um, bits and pieces and teachers I really love I you know Mrs. Woods is this um Oh, she's brought back out of retirement. Um, I have a reference about how she's, um, Gavin, who loves football, mentions that she's, the, she's like the Brett Favre. She's, uh, retired, but come back to play again. And I had so much fun crafting those parts of the story with this boy. And, and, um, you know, he's got all these concerns, but then come to find out she's, uh, not a has been, as he says, but still very much on top of her game. And she is so, wise and um, is able to really understand her students and connect with these kids um, by the end, which I guess is what I think is so important in a teacher, that um, you understand the students and can, can connect with them and don't see them all as the same because they're not, and you really work hard to try to reach all of them, and, and you do things to make teaching and learning exciting, challenging, engaging all of all the all of those things and and certainly i think mrs woods has a knack for that and of course mrs magenta um doing some of her uh more eccentric things and um of course her after school program which is a big part of of the story well i noticed uh you went down from i think seven narrators in the mr terrapt books to five in this one was this were you cutting yourself a little bit of slack or was it just that five felt uh, like the right number for this story that's funny um, 
Well, the first one does have seven. And to be honest, um, I had those seven from, from the beginning. I never had more or less than seven with the Mr. Terrap novels. Um, now, was I cutting myself slack and hoping to be able to do a story with fewer? No, that, that wasn't the case. Um, it's just how the story emerged. Um, and to be honest, at first it was four characters and I called the story the fearsome foursome. And, um, I, I had four narrators. I had Randy and Gavin, Natalie and Scott. And I had these two other characters, Trevor and Mark, who were important parts in the story, but they, neither one had a voice. And I got done writing the first draft and I had said to my editor, you know, one of my big questions is, do you think I need to give a voice to, um, Trevor or Mark or can they just be, left as is and uh, she got done reading it and had the answer that I knew was coming um, they're important in the story and and I had to do something to to feature them more and so that was different for me I took this story I had written and I had to go back and weave in this fifth kid Trevor um, I, I didn't go ahead and give both Trevor and Mark a voice uh, but but just went with one and and um, had to weave in Trevor's story throughout and Goodness, I'm so glad I did that. I One of the things I'm most excited about with The Perfect Score, I think, is for readers to meet this character, Trevor, because he is, I think, one that will shock readers um, more than once. And um, as the story unfolds, um, readers of Mr. Terrapt, I think, really um, often comment on my character, Alexia, this real mean girl and um, as the story unfolds your attitudes and feelings for this girl change and of course so does she and I think that um, in a different way but the same thing will happen with Trevor where readers will have some strong opinions and then things will of course change um, as the story unfolds so I'm I'm I, I'm super excited about these five kids. I, I had so much fun with all five. I don't have a favorite. I don't have a favorite in my Mr. Tariff books either. I just absolutely love so many different parts and scenes and sentences um, with these five kids. And, uh, you know, we should talk at least briefly about the, the sort of standardized testing aspect of the story. Was that something that you were dealing with uh, directly back when you were teaching? Well, yes, the, the testing piece was definitely, definitely there. I am fortunate to be able to say that I was at a school that was not um, over the, over the top, um, stressed out about the tests. I was at a school that, I guess the best, best way to say it is I was at a school that still allowed me to try to be Mr. Terrapt in the classroom. And I'm, I wonder how, I wonder how many Mr. Terrapts can exist at a school where testing is, um, really the focus and, um, where, where creativity maybe, um, is pushed to the back burner. So, but the testing piece definitely was there. You get, you get, um, there's pressures from whether it's administration, parents, the community, it's, it was there and there was some frustration with it for me. And, um, so this idea with testing being in a story has something that's been with me since before my first Mr. Terrap novel. Um, as a matter of fact, Way back in the beginning, I sat down one day to write an article for um, 
Newsweek. At the back of Newsweek, there's the the final the final piece, I believe, um, still is what's called my turn, where anybody can write an essay. Um, and I I was often reading um, the my turn section of Newsweek, these very thought provoking essays. And I sat down one day to write my own, um, which dealt with my frustrations around testing. And as I began to write, it morphed into my very first story idea. And it was just took me by complete surprise. I was I was so excited about this story idea that that's what actually started me on the journey of wanting to first write a book. Um, and so I knew nothing about writing a book. I remember going to Barnes and Noble and buying a book on how to publish a book in the children's market. And um, well, I got started with this first story idea, and it dealt. Um, it dealt with uh, testing, and it's very. It was very, very different from what um, shows up in the perfect score. But nonetheless, the idea of testing and and um, the pressures and 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 um, that part of a story that's been with me for a really long time. Um, now, the other thing that really was tugging at me with the perfect score was the idea that sometimes we do the wrong things for the right reasons that 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 idea was really tugging at me that wouldn't leave me alone and that was a big part um in writing this story as well these kids in the perfect score ultimately face some really tough decisions and so that that sentence sometimes we do the wrong things for the right reasons um that was always there for me too so i think the frustrations with testing and then doing the wrong things for the right reasons those two things really were tugging at me to write this story. I know this book isn't out until fall, but uh, can you talk at all about what you might be working on or thinking about at the moment, um, what readers might be able to look forward to down the road? Well, actually, I just finished the first go at um, first draft of book two in the series, The Perfect Secret. And so um, that's what I'm busy working on now. And, um, you know, the first one ends with these kids... Um, in the perfect score, these five kids sort of um, realize something pretty important at the end. And um, that piece, that discovery, that realization really jumpstarts the second book, The Perfect Secret. So they have something that they they want to, to try to do. And so, of course, they're going to keep it secret in order to pull it off. And as, as the story unfolds... Um, there's a lot of secrets that they discover about themselves and about um, others that are that are um, exist in their lives. So I'm I'm uh, <laughs> you know it's hard to answer while still being vague, but there's some big things that happen with these characters. Re- readers of the Mr. Terrip series, I think you know maybe will understand how I'm how I can take my characters and keep going and you learn more about them as the story unfolds. And um, that's definitely the case. There's some, there's some great, great challenges and surprises coming down the pike with uh, these kids from the perfect score. Great. Well, uh, congratulations again on this book and uh, thanks for speaking with me. Thank you. It's been, uh, it's been a lot of fun. Once again, I've been speaking with Rob Bouillet, whose new book, the perfect score is out in October from Delacorte. Thank you for listening to PW Kids Cast.